If you like the Creative South podcast, please consider supporting us on Patreon. Every dollar helps us cover hosting costs, upgrade equipment, and keep the podcast going. With options starting at just $1 per month, you can help support the podcast and even wind up with some cool Creative South podcast swag. When you become a Creative South patron, you'll get access to exciting Creative South news before anyone else. A shout out on the podcast thanking you for your support. Creative South podcast stickers and t-shirts. So, please help support the podcast by becoming a patron over at patreon.com slash creative south. Welcome to the Creative South podcast. I'm your host, Jason Frostholm. Today, I'm talking with designer and podcaster, Daryl Pinnock. We chat about how he went from studying architecture in college to being an independent graphic designer, balancing his day job with his graphic design job, why he started the podcast, passion behind the art, and more, all right after this. I talk about Jack Prince on the podcast all the time, and today isn't any different, except that I want to talk about how much we rely on them at Creative South. Not only has Jack Prince been a longtime sponsor of Creative South and the podcast, but they help us with so many cool things every year. Whether they are making our pop-up displays and tablecloths, or printing our notebooks, Jack Prince is always there when we need them. They even printed my Creative South podcast stickers that have a coupon code on the back that gives you a great discount on all of their products. Speaking of stickers, Jack Prince will print any kind, shape, size, stock, including full color stickers with full color liner prints for you to use as product labels, promotions, bumper stickers, hang tags, business cards, and more. Right now, you can get 500 3 by 3 inch die cut stickers starting at $149 when you visit jackprince.com. Plus, Jack Prince is giving Creative South podcast listeners 20% off all orders, over $25 when you use promo code CREATESOUTH17 at checkout. Visit jackprince.com for your next order of stickers, prints, or whatever you need today. Daryl, thanks for joining me. Dude, I am stoked about being on the podcast. Yeah, you had you had me on yours a few weeks ago, and uh, I'm reciprocating. I wanted to, you know, after after talking with you on your podcast, I kind of wanted to find out a little bit more about you and how how you got into the world of design and podcasting and all that stuff. So we'll we'll how about we dive in from the beginning and uh, where'd you grow up? All right, the beginning. I was actually born in Jamaica. You were born, born in Jam- Jamaica. Okay. Yeah. yeah, I was born in Jamaica. Um, I came to America in 1996. I was still a kid at that time, preteen. You have absolutely no Jamaican accent, though. Um, it, 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 depends on how mad or happy you get. <laughs> <laughs> I'm at the stage where I could turn it off and on. So. Gotcha. I it can go full blown patois. Yeah. Um, when I'm around other Jamaicans, but you know, I know how to turn it off and on. So yeah, I was born in Jamaica. Um, then I came to America uh, as a Mm preteen. Started school, this new culture, this new everything. And um, for those who live in America, they don't really understand how it's portrayed outside of America it's kind of portrayed as the greatest thing ever. Mm-hmm. So for a kid that, that comes to uh, America, he's like, wow, now I'm in the land of opportunity. Mm-hmm. Just, just think of how much you love your country, America, and just times it by 10. Um, sure. In sure. the nineties. The uh, um, I'm not sure how it's portrayed now, but in it's the a little 90s, different in 2017. <laughs> yeah. But in the 90s, it's portrayed as, you know what I mean, when a great opportunity. So sure. I was pretty excited. Um, <clears throat> came to America. I was living in New York. That's where I grew up. That's where mm-hmm. I lived most of my years, my teenage to adult years. But um, I was always pretty sure that I was going to be an architect. Mm-hmm. That's from a child growing up, I always drew drew characters but for some reason i feel i felt like drawing characters wasn't going to cut it so i needed a serious job and i like to draw and i like to design so i felt like architecture 
was the serious part of designing. Sure. Was there, uh, was there uh, were there other factors that made you think of architecture? Well, my 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 father, a lot of my family was in the construction. Okay. And but I didn't want to do I didn't want to do it hands on. My father was an electrician, mm-hmm. and, and I did that with him so much that I knew enough to be an electrician. But it was one of them one of those situations where it worked. It backfired. I did not want to have nothing to do with it. Sure. <laughs> I didn't want to have nothing to do with being an electrician. I was tired of working with my father as a laborer. Um, so I was just like, you know what? Architecture was my thing. So sure. that's, I was kind of, I had the tunnel vision. That's what I wanted to be. <clears throat> and then, um, was going through school always, pretty good in math so that was kind of like an indicator it's a very good thing for architecture yeah Yeah, there's a lot of math involved with that (laughs) so i was like okay so this is probably something that i should pursue i was um pretty good in math so went through high school um i got accepted to a very architectural focused college Mm -hmm. so it wasn't much like, you know, the regular curriculum stuff. It was just kind of one year of that. And then after that, you're immersed into your major. Okay. But um, so during this process, I'm, I'm, I'm still on this journey. Haven't really been exposed to graphic design yet at all. Like, I'm mm-hmm. still on this journey. The closest thing I knew about with graphic design was anything oriented with Disney. Sure. So drawing, drawing characters. So I'm going to school. I'm pursuing architecture. And after a certain amount of credits, they provide you a job. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I got this first job working at a, um, I think it was like a millwork, some um, welding. So I did the floor plans and stuff like that for a welding company. Sure, sure. And and during that process, I, I I still can't 100% pinpoint it, but I caught wind of graphic design. Okay, okay. And, um, and it started through web design. And <laughs> um, someone when I know, um, I knew taught me how to web design. So I kind of caught wind of that, and <clears throat> he was willing to kind of just share. And that's where I kind of learned um, how do you actually grow is by sharing with others because before it was kind of presented like the more you keep in the more you keep it as a secret the more people's going to come to you but he kind of taught me how to like the the, the importance of just sharing your knowledge with each other sure so sure. Uh, i learned um web design got the job that i was at wasn't working out so i eventually left so during that period before before i found another job i just bought me a laptop and started learning graphic design mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and i'm telling you jason it was terrible it was, <laughs> well, I, it was think, like, <laughs> I think we all are when we're starting out. I know I was. <laughs> so it was like just this, 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 um, I was just immersed in it. I was terrible. I was, um, this was completely, I've never been to school for graphic design at all. So, you know, I'm just there just thinking my, my stuff is the best thing ever. And I'm just <laughs> getting, I'm getting destroyed on design sites. Like, uh, what is this guy doing? This is terrible. Blah, 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 blah. Sure. But, um, I was just, I fell in love with it. So I just kept on diving in, diving in, bought me a laptop and I was just kept on going over and over and over and over and over until I eventually got it. What was it about, what was it about it that made you push back all that criticism you were getting of, you know, this guy's awful. He doesn't know what he's doing, you know, and, and, and not make you get kind of mired down in the, the negativity and rejection. It was just the newness of it. I just feel like it was just so new and it was so cool. Sure. Like, you know, just, just designing, the, just learning about designing magazines, learning about designing business cards, learning about just designing um, everything out you possibly can in Photoshop just kind of was just so new to me. Cause you know, in architecture, it's, it's basically just a bunch of lines and it only gets exciting when yeah, you're, you're doing out- a lot of CAD stuff. Yeah. 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 When you're outside the computer, that's the only time architecture gets mm-hmm. um, exciting really when you're, when you're actually doing renderings and stuff like that. So mm-hmm. I eventually found another job in the architectural field. I was working for this company, um, a sprinkler. We did um, um, 
floor plans for sprinkler systems, sure. fire protection. And uh, we were working with like some of the, 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 the big stores and big companies on Fifth Avenue in New York. So mm-hmm. like even the Apple store, we did the, the stuff for the Apple store on Fifth Avenue. So a lot of those big time stores we were working with, we did the floor plans and stuff like that. So I was I was doing graphic design on the side. Now I came, uh, I was a little bit better, um, kind of networked with a few people, you know, did my um, copycatting until I could kind of hold my own. So Fake I it till you make it. Yeah. 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 So I was just doing it on the side. And at the same time, I was still working in the architectural field. I was still, I did freelance for um, interior designers. Mm-hmm. So that skill, I still have it until even till this day. Sure. It's so like muscle I, memory. Right. So I haven't lost that skill to just design plans. I've done random plans for people that want to start a home and they just want to start a plan to bring to an architect. I've done that. So I, I was, I, I've still got that skill, but graphic design was like the main focus. This is where I'm heading. Sure. This so did you finish graphic? So did you finish architecture school? Not completed. No, I finished in uh, once the, the at that time I had this idea that I have the job now. So, um, and I was paying for school out of pocket. Sure, I know that feeling. Yeah, I was paying for school out of pocket. Um, I, not initially. Um, if I was initially blessed by a lady at my church, she was behind my back raising money for me to go to start school. Mm-hmm. That's nice. And they presented it to me at my 18th birthday, which was kind of like crazy. That was like, like everybody in the room was just like touched and I was crying. Everybody was crying. It was just like a big deal. You know what I mean? Cause like we didn't, I, I wasn't eligible to kind of get a scholarship or get a get a grant or anything like that so sure. that was a big deal so one one, those, it's not that you were a bad student you just weren't yeah, uh, you weren't the yeah, top of your class yeah i wasn't <laughs> that good i wasn't at that point where i was eligible to get any of those stuff so sure i so that was a big deal so after that money ran out then we started paying for school and between i figured i already had the job so once money for school ran out I was just like, I'm already in the architectural field. I'm already having a well-paid job. I was at a firm. Mm-hmm. Had probably, not probably, I've had the greatest boss to, to date that I've ever had. Um, he was a blessing. I mean, his name is uh, Kumar Mishra. He's a Indian dude. Mm-hmm. And he was just a good man. He took care of me. He was at my wedding. He was he was just a good man to have as a boss. And usually sometimes you like I trusted him with everything and he trusted me with everything. So it was just like a good relationship. So sure. Felt like I had everything going for me. And so once the money ran out, I was just like, you know what, let me just focus on working. Mm-hmm. But I mean, got married and it was just all about providing for my family at that time. Sure. So so, so you're, you're you're working, you're grinding in the way, and you're doing the graphic design on the side. You know, at a certain point, you moved to Georgia. How long after you got married did you move to Georgia? Three years. About three uh, years? Yes, I got married in 2007, and I moved to Georgia in 2010. Okay. Three so years you, after I married, I got moved to Georgia. Okay. So what what did you end up doing when you moved to Georgia? Because I know you made kind of a career switch there. Yeah, because um, it was tough, man. When I came to Georgia, like I went to every firm and stuff like that. And it just wasn't working out. I don't know if it was overqualified or whatever the case may be. Because, you know, I'm coming from New York. So sure. the, pay, the pay in New York was is totally different from Georgia. Yeah. So I was expecting something totally different. So, uh, but... I don't know. It just didn't really work out like that. And I was kind of in between going independent graphic design because mm-hmm. I had like a um, I had like a uh, clothing company that I started in New York and it was doing well. And um, it I was kind of focused on that, like I was focused on that. And when I came to Georgia, it kind of became a, a little hard to maintain. And sure. still do everything else that I'm doing. So that kind of slowed down and it was kind of making family life very tough. But didn't really spend my wife was it was just getting it was being more of a harm 
than a a um, benefit because one thing I've learned that when you're doing physical products, it's mm. a very long game pursuit. <laughs> you know, and you see all these you see these companies uh, um, at this level, and you think that okay, you can come in at that level, but it's a very long term pursuit, and I was probably moving faster than I needed to, so sure. it kind of brought a strain on family life. So I was just like, let me slow that down, get a regular job. I got a job into the financial money, money maintaining. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I don't really want to say where it is because there's a lot of security stuff. Sure, that. sure. Well, we, we, don't, we don't have to say who. With, yeah. <laughs> where, 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 but yeah, I was involved. I'm involved in money and maintaining money. Sure. But at the same time, I'm still freelance. So that's where I'm at right now. Gotcha. And, and di- I mean, did you pretty much just knowing that you are involved with working with money, but did you just pretty much take that job because a, it was what you could find and you needed the money and it, yeah. there, uh, there wasn't at any the end of the day, savings was running out. Sure. Cause we had a good amount saved and savings was running out. And I realized that focusing on this clothing company going full time with it wasn't really, mm-hmm even at the pace that I was like, I would like, and I have a wife and two kids at home. Mm-hmm. So I was just like, you know what? Let's go find a regular job. Sure. So, so regular job. when it came to the clothing company, and we'll get back to your, your current day job in the graphic design, but when it came to the clothing company and relocating and all, did you and your wife start having talks about it or was it just more of a becoming obvious to you and the strain. No, we that had was, talks. Yeah. Just the strain it was putting on your relationship. And yeah, I guess you could call it talks, but at the time it wasn't talks. <laughs> I didn't say they were friendly talks. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, but we were having conversations and, you know, as I said, I was, I was out doing products is a very pace yourself mm-hmm. long term, And like, do, if I was to do it again, I would do it. There are things that I would do well. I would do the same way, but there are things that I would change and the pace I move at. That's what I would change because having inventory and stuff like that, it can be very straining when you don't see it moving as fast as you would like. Yeah, you got a lot of overhead that you've paid money for and it's just sitting there. So it's right. Yeah. So, yeah. So the the, the support that I had in New York, I didn't have it in Georgia. Sure. So when I was in New York, like I could just be driving in my car and someone would be like, hey, man, let's get some shirts and I, they'll get the shirts. So sure. it, it, I didn't have that luxury anymore. So it was like when a whole new place, a whole new everything. So I didn't have that luxury. So if I need to kind of push real quick to move some products, I could do that in New York. But I couldn't do that when I came to Georgia. Well, yeah. And I mean, not that not that Atlanta is a small city, but it, it's. It's a different, it's very much a different type of city. Like New York is, New York is New York. It's a very pedestrian, very clustered together. It's broken into neighborhoods and all that. Atlanta is very sprawling and spread out. And while the downtown area, there are pockets that are like that. It's not a full city like that. Everything, you've got the suburban sprawl and things like that that make up all of that. So that, that, itself has to make it a lot more difficult as well which is true so it, it was a combination of that and not being as known in atlanta as i was in, in um, new york so sure yeah well you you are established there and you come to a new place and you're not established right. anymore so. so so i mean yeah so it was just like you live one of them live you live and you learn situations so i got a job and um i was quite content with just kind of having graphic design on the side and mm. working a day job. So, so I noticed you said you were, you yeah, passed it. Yes. Yeah, so no longer at that point. Yeah, yeah. So what I point had, are you I at had, now? I, I met, I had a big time shift in 2015 mm-hmm. and that's when this, my journey got hyperdrived. Um, in what, 2015. what was that shift? Um, just being more exposed to, um, how important your mindset is and, um, what mindset did I want to have and what mindset did I, was necessary for me to get to where I want to get. Mm-hmm. And I got exposed. It all started with 
one podcast that I listened to. And that podcast became like a chain effect to exposure to like a whole bunch of different things and even eventually leading up to knowing people in creative styles. So mm-hmm. um, the podcast was um, The Art of Value. And to be honest, it has nothing to do with every like creative and stuff like that. It has nothing, sure. but it just kind of, it was a, a door to all these other people, all these other things. And because it was actually about, I know at Creative Soft, they had somebody do a talk about um, pricing on value mm-hmm. and create, creating options and stuff like that um, this past year. Mm-hmm. You remember that? Uh, I remember we had a talk. I was So <laughs> the downside of being on staff is I don't get to see most of the talks. Right, right. I didn't see that talk, <laughs> but I know a lot of people were talking about it and they, yeah. they were talking about pricing on options and stuff like that. So that's what the art of value so I started doing that in 2015. I got exposed sure. to that in 2015, and it just start had me thinking about creating value as a designer and just what lifestyle do I want? And I didn't want to um, work as a designer mm-hmm. on the side anymore. I wanted to do it full time. Gotcha. So, <laughs> so, so, what are you doing to make that path possible? Because, like you said, you do have a wife and kids, so you still have to be able to provide and you know put food on the table and keep the roof over your head and all that. And you, you right can- now, what I'm doing is I've spent the last two years building systems, building um, you know my skills. That's never going to end. But building a system, building a, new, a routine, what my day would be like, all of that stuff. But the more important, most important thing was finances. Mm-hmm. And that kind of revolutionized everything for me about I read books, um, got in and and focusing on financial independence. Mm -hmm. So right now for that, I mean, the biggest thing is to just build a runway. Sure. Doesn't hurt what you do for a day job. Probably uh, makes that a little easier to understand. That's exactly right. Exactly. So exactly. So um, building a runway. And I think that's 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 the most important thing for me right now to to to. Cause I think I've done everything else. I've got my systems down. I know what my day is going to be like. I'm not worried about being bored or not knowing exactly what I'm going to do. If I'm doing full time, I know exactly what that is. So sure. the runway now is just to make sure that my family's taken care of mm-hmm. in case it doesn't move as fast. I was, as I would like, you know, I could I have, we have something to fall back on. Sure. And as so I asked this and I know the answer, but is your wife supportive of this? Is this something that she kind of shares with you and you've taken her on the journey? Well, in, 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 in me going full time, she needs the runway, but in everything <laughs> else and everything else, she is for the most part, you know, it's a very new for her. Like she's, she's behind you doing what you want to do. What, she wants right, you yeah. to make sure that yeah. everything's. Yeah, we're, we're, and to be honest, she's at a better place now Mm -hmm. and she's much more content because through all the mindset changes, you know, what I had to learn was that I had to give her a chance to get her mindset changed too. So just like you go through this process, like you're exposed to all these different people, you're, you're listening to these people, you're doing all of these things. And then now you go, I go to my wife and I'm like, oh, listen, we got to do this. We got to do this. We got to do this. <laughs> Forgetting that I had the opportunity to process it in my mind. Sure. So now I, I have to give her the opportunity to process it in her mind. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I'm, you're forgetting that part. You're forgetting that part that your spouse or whoever it is um, needs that opportunity to kind of also do that mindset change too. So, I mean, but for the most part, especially with the financial independence part, like we are on this journey. We went crazy in 2016. <laughs> uh, Big we, Christmas, huh? <laughs> we, we, we just spent so differently in 2016 and we were able to clear five figures of debt down. Wow. Uh, so, and we are trying, we are working on, we're pretty I need, much. I need some on. pointers on that. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, it's, I mean, we have really been on this financial independence thing and I'm just trying to own everything as much as I can in my life. Mm-hmm. And so that's, 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 that's kind of where I'm at. And 
that creates a, a chance for me to kind of look at how my how I'm spending stuff. Mm-hmm. And I'm the person I'm not afraid to spend a lot of money. I'm not against that. I'm not saying that, but I'm just saying, how about just having the money and sure. charging it on a credit card is not having the money. No. Yeah. So. So that's just basically some of the stuff. So we kind of downsized. We did a lot of stuff in 2016 and we were able to like clear off all car payments and, you know, everything, you know, we still got a few stuff to work on, but we, our goal is by 2020 to just have the mortgage as a debt. And it's actually, we're kind of ahead. So that that's won't, awesome. that, that won't be too hard. We're hoping to start. Uh, it looks like we're probably going to start stabbing into the mortgage before 2020. So that, that's awesome. Cool. Yeah. Start packing away for uh, kids college <laughs> funds too <laughs> and braces and all that stuff. <laughs> right. So, yeah, so it's, it's, it's a combination of those two things, me going independent and just financial independence. That's where my greatest desires lie. Cause I just want to create, it's out there. It's available to create this, a certain lifestyle. So sure. I just, I want to create that for my family. Well, what does financial independence look like to you? <clears throat> well, first of all, obviously no debt, no debt, right? Yeah. I, no debt. And having enough money to kind of just not feeling like there's a lack, you know what I mean? Sure. There was a, there was a um, time when um, I think it was last year or the year before my wife's uncle passed away. Mm-hmm. And and he lived in Jamaica and it was it wasn't financially feasible for us to actually go sure. or for her to even go. Because like when you go, I don't know how it is when you go to your home state, but when you go to your home country. Yeah, it's a bit more expensive. It's a big deal because it's more than just buying a plane ticket. Mm-hmm. You know, what I mean, there's like people that you want to get stuff for. There's people. It's, it's a lot. It's a lot of a lot to do. And she couldn't go because mm-hmm. we didn't. And I was just like, you know what? I don't want that. I want like if something like this happens, we don't have an issue. Mm-hmm. You know, and if emergencies happen, we don't have an issue financially. And that's just kind of like where. And we. She also wants to travel. So these are certain some of the things that what that looks like for me. Like if I feel like if we want to do this, we can do it. It's mm-hmm. not necessary. Oh, we can't because, you know, blah, 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 blah. Sure. So through all of this, you're building up your business. At what point do you decide to do a podcast and what made you want to do a podcast? And I, I, so let me back up before you answer that. Why don't you tell everybody what the name of your podcast is and what name, it's about? The name of the podcast is Passion behind the art and it's all about just learning people's story um i found out that i kind of like to hear people's story i kind of like to hear how they got where they got because i used to just do it naturally Mm -hmm. um going back to when i had this clothing company eventually i started looking back on where everybody started sure um i like to look where people start i like to scroll through before people get, to, you go on Instagram and you see these people with the the six figures and the the, the five figures of followers. I like <laughs> to go, I like to go back to like the first post, mm-hmm. see the buildup and the peak points and the changes and stuff like that. So I kind of like to hear where people are coming from and and see how they got to where they got. So that's how the podcast started. That's that's what the podcast is about, really about learning people's story, how it got started. Um, it, it, it got started because I wanted a way to hack into the music industry. <laughs> it was just a, 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 the truth. I wanted to hack into the music industry. I wanted to get to know more musicians because I have this interest in music and I want to build up my network. So that's how it actually started. That's the, just the truth. So, so when you started it, you weren't looking to talk to other designers or so much as that. You were looking to talk to fellow musicians and, and that right. stuff. Yes, and that that's where the focus was. It, I was very, I was niching down, man. I was like, okay, 
it, it's going to either allow me to design for musicians. Sure. And at the same time, build a network with musicians. Okay. So those two things were the goal for it, which it did provide that with, with the podcast, the opportunity to design for musicians and to get into the music community. And this, this thought just was like, why am I just, I know these people. Why not just have some people that I know on there? Mm-hmm. So I, I think I, I can't remember. Uh, I think either Mike or Diane were the first people that quote unquote, I just know that I had. On sure. the podcast. So yeah. Cause the Mike's episode I think is episode seven. So that's still pretty early. Oh yeah. That is early. Yeah. So, cause how it originally started, I was having trouble with figuring out this podcast thing. Mm-hmm. I was having trouble with it. It was not originally going to be a podcast. It was going to be videos. And I ran into a roadblock with the videos because it was like a whole a lot of work stuff. and yeah. expensive. And- <laughs> yeah. yeah. So I started to just do written interviews. Mm-hmm. I started with written interviews. So there's like a whole beginning log of just written interviews with musicians before I even started. So eventually I broke through with the video. And then when it got to editing, I was like, my gosh, this is intense, boy. (laughs) Yeah. So I just started extracting the audio and creating podcasts. (laughs) And, uh, And I was like, you know what? I don't, I'm not completely getting rid of the opportunity to get to the point where I'll go to Alabama and I'll be like, listen, Jason, let's do a video interview. But right now, come on down. I got a, I got a (laughs) spare bedroom. You can, you can hang out. (laughs) It's not possible. So podcast, I'm going to podcast, I'm going to do a podcast and it turned into a podcast. So it was just basically me adjusting to the, the, the roadblocks and not just saying, Oh, forget it. Let me just adjust. And figure out a way to just keep it going. And eventually it may turn into videos. But right now the podcast is great. And I'm loving it. And um, it, it's I, I get the video part when I'm talking to the person. It just won't be always um, shown as that. So I have the videos. I'm not sure what I'm going to do with them yet. But the podcast, I, I kind of ran with that deal. And it's been great. Awesome. So, and and you still have a pretty decent mix between musicians and, you know, designers and, and right. other people who are in the creative industry. Is that something you plan on? Yeah, it's up? starting to evolve into more than just even designers. I've had or um, organization leaders, this guy that I know, he's um, in charge of a, a group of young men. They mentor young people, mainly young men, and it's called Aim High. And it's a pretty large organization. So I had him on the podcast. And so it's kind of developing in more than just necessarily creatives. Um, so it's basically now whoever I feel like, you know, I want to learn their story. Sure. Um, I, I'm going to have them on there. So and it's, you know, it's just it's still surreal sometimes of people that say yes. You know, yeah. I don't it, it, it's it's uh, sometimes, you know, like. I didn't even think you were going to say yes, but it just, it just, just never. <laughs> Why know. would I not say yes? <laughs> I mean, it's just, it's just this crazy thing that you go through mentally in your mind. Like, but like talking yourself out of it. <laughs> yeah. And, 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 I do the but, same thing. I, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so it's just, and it's just been pretty cool. Um, like it's just been cool, man. Just kind of being, being able to just have these people that some I've looked up to, some I didn't even know, um, I would have the opportunity to talk to and um, to just be, have them on the podcast. So it's been pretty great experience. Gotcha. Since you've been doing the podcast, have you learned anything about yourself that kind of came as a surprise? Hmm. That's a good question. Well, I mean, I thought I was a great listener. So, but the podcast, <laughs> podcast is helping me to become a more, not a great listener, but a more quiet listener. Sure. Listening back, it's very important. I kind of realize like sometimes you want to become quiet. So if you want to laugh, you want to laugh as silent as possible, or you want to oh, just. I, I still don't do that. I I, I go it, ahead and it, laugh. It, 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 it's crazy. <laughs> 
or not even only the laugh, but the cadence, the, the repetitive words, sure. just how you dialogue better. And more and more importantly, anything, how important questions are mm-hmm. and how to ask good questions. I'm still working on that, but what what's what's your method for it? Because and, and I'll give you an example. So and, and God, I hope people who I haven't had on the podcast don't listen to this and get turned <laughs> off by it. But I do very little preparation ahead of time. Like I mean, I'll look somebody up and I'll right, right, right. You know, I I, I do enough research where I'm not going into a blind where it's like, uh, who am I talking to this week? Uh, what do they do again? I'm not that guy. But I, I'm not preparing questions ahead of time. I I will say, like, I start off every show almost the exact same way where I ask for somebody to be. Right. And that's my jumping off point. And mm-hmm. then I want to see where just where the conversation naturally goes from there. Is that something that you do, or do you prepare a bunch of questions ahead of time? Well, I have a, a about a four or five, six base questions that I have that I ask and those are kind of like open-ended questions to kind of get certain um steer the ship, steer the ship tr- and uh, just to kind of trigger certain things in the mind in a person's mind okay um I got a hold of um Cal Fusman He's a, he's a he's an interviewer mm-hmm. more into old school. He's still doing it now. Now that podcasts are are a big thing. Sure, I but remember he, you telling he, me about him when we did yeah. our interview. Yeah, yeah. He he interviewed people like you know a lot of big name people, and he always talked about how to aim for the soul, mm-hmm. how to how to get deep in a deep conversation with someone, because um, that's where the the good stuff is, you know, kind sure. of get, you know, that's where you learn about people, what the actual, that's why the podcast is even called the passion behind the art. It's, it's more of what's behind why you do what you do. So, sure. And like, like the crazy part is like the first episode, the first podcast episode, it, it was so, I got that the first episode, like I interviewed a group of ladies that they sing and they play music. And they were like crying on the podcast. Oh, wow. I was was like, whoa. Like, it was awesome at the same, and at the same time, like, I didn't expect that out the gate. Mm -hmm. But they opened up so much in those podcasts, those stuff like that. I think it it does as much for the guests as the person who's listening Mm -hmm. to kind of get behind, you know, the person who they kind of know about and stuff like that. So I kind of like the deepness of the conversation. Sometimes it's not that hard, you know? Sure. And sometimes it's like, man. What, what do you, so what do you get out of the conversations? I'm curious about that. I mean, I realize each conversation is different, but say that conversation with the, the group of lady singers who's, you know, kind of started crying in the middle of it. What did you get out of that conversation? Like just how much they love singing and the struggle they went through um, because they're from Sweden mm-hmm. and they are doing this. Did you talk to ABBA? The band. The no, 70s, 70s no, disco no, band. No, that, like, that joke's going to fall flat. <laughs> <laughs> I saw the look on your face like, I know the name. Why can I not remember the name? You're not quite old enough to remember. <laughs> it was it was a familiar name. I'm like, Oh, I'm missing. Oh, I'm missing. Nah, um, <laughs> you said from Sweden. It's the only band I know from Sweden. So, Sorry, they're from they're from Sweden, and they um they sing gospel music, and that's like a weird combination. Yeah, that's not exactly you. Know, so, when you hear about Sweden, you don't think gospel music. So, so, and so they kind of talked about the struggles they went through and and just trying to do this and how hard it was. And, you know, you could see the emotion and the passion behind it. Mm-hmm. That was just kind of, it was just kind of cool to have them open up like that. And I, and I end up doing their logo for, for their group and stuff like that. So it was just the, the relationships more than anything else, the relationships that have been created through this podcast. Mm-hmm. Some of these relationships I will treasure forever. Sure. No, I completely understand that. It's, it's very much the same for me. It's the, 
you know, it's that kind of glimpse into the person and then the takeaway of, you know, I would say certainly at this point, I'd say probably 50% of the people that I've interviewed, Mm -hmm. if I wasn't already friends with them ahead of time, I've become friends that, you know, we actually talk and we have conversations and, you know, it may not always be like on the phone or something like that. It may be a lot of messaging people in Slack or things like that. Like I messaged you in Slack. Um, But I've, because of the podcast, I have developed actual relationships with them and developed a connection with them. So that's nice. So with, and part of the reason I asked that question that I asked was since you are doing freelance design and trying to build that up and you're doing the podcast as well, do you feel having those connections helps keep you from feeling isolated as a designer as well? Yeah, it, yeah, for sure. I mean, that kind of, because I always wanted to make sure that at some point, at least once a week, I'm having some kind of conversation with someone other from necessarily my wife, my kids, mm-hmm. or my, sometimes myself. Sure. You know, Not so in the crazy that, way. Right. <laughs> so this gives me the opportunity to kind of check that box to make to at least once a week, I'm having a conversation with someone else. Sure. And I think conversa- having con- consistent conversations with people um, is a good thing. Mm-hmm. And the kind of conversations, of course, doesn't matter. But I, I feel like to be able to check that box is a big deal. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I just just being able to just conversate with people and and to just just kind of get to know people. And sometimes sometimes it, it, it goes beyond the podcast and sometimes it don't. And the, the both are fine. You know sure, what I mean? Sure. Like there, there's some people that, you know, you get to interview and it just becomes that. And that's it. And you may just they may you may give them a like on on Instagram. They may give you a like on Instagram, mm-hmm. you know, and it just never goes anywhere beyond that. And there are some people that like they're looking out for you and you're looking out for them. So it just kind of but just being able to have a conversation is always great. Sure. Have th- Has there been anybody that going into it, you thought, well, this is just going to be a conversation. I'm probably not going to walk away with anything and then ended up kind of becoming that relationship and that friendship? Well, you for one. <laughs> yeah. I, I, well, thank you. I appreciate that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Wasn't we, searching for that. <laughs> nah, but, you know, cause you, you just don't know. And, um, like, like Scotty Russell, mm-hmm. I mean, We've been trying to get uh, get on. He's been trying to get on my podcast. We've been conversating for a while, about almost nine months mm-hmm. to, to get on the podcast and just scheduling never worked out. And, you know, we've done some other stuff together when he was putting some stuff on his site. Sure. Um, and, he had, and we, um, we kind of gave him a review and he posted my review on his site. And we kept in touch, but you don't, <coughs> you just don't know the impact that it's having until when we got on the podcast. When we got on the podcast, it just kind of all flowed. It was like, you know, pretty, just a great conversation. Mm-hmm. And we, we talked a little after the, after the show was done and we still keep in touch today and he's still always shooting me stuff and I'm hoping to help him out with stuff. And, and, you know, just for the most part, that deal with the when I interviewed musicians, I think I've had a few where we kind of kept in touch, kept connected. But I think because the creative community, our community is so connected, like mm-hmm. for the most part, there's always we're going to cross ears again at some point. And sure. kind of having being able to have that conversation at some point, uh, it helps when we meet up again or see each other online or whatever the case may be. So I would say that there are a few people, Scotty, Diane, Gibbs, we are like, mm-hmm. after we had that conversation, it was like, it was kind of hard to end the podcast. Sure. Because we probably would have kept on going for a while. And, um, you know, there's just, it, 
it's 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 kind of cool how you know you just get to um dylan yeah dylan and, dylan mingus is great yeah so it it's just cool how some you just don't know what's gonna happen mm-hmm. and it, it, it's just real cool like um mikey saturday we've been we've been trying to figure it out it hasn't been working out yet but he is a busy man. <laughs> yeah, which is true. And yeah. the, the, I think, you know, but what happened through that is that we we have random conversations through Messenger, whatever. Sure. But but what blew my mind is that he outside of the podcast, he was willing to have the conversations mm-hmm. and he initiated the conversations. That's awesome. So it was just kind of cool to see that, you know what I mean? So even though we haven't gotten on a podcast yet, um, eventually it's going to happen. And his is probably going to be a little different because he's say he's kind of tired of telling his story. Sure, so, I understand. <laughs> I'm, so, I'm, gu- I'm one of those people who's guilty of uh, getting him to retell his story. <laughs> so, but, and that's another thing I'm starting to think about. Like, not only how can I structure certain things a little bit different, because there's some people that, you know, even though everybody hasn't heard his story, you know, they're 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 kind of much more popular. So they've done it so many times, they're probably tired of doing it. So I'm thinking about different questions to ask and different things to kind of dive even deeper. But overall, I mean, the podcast has just given me an opportunity to just get to know people that otherwise I probably wouldn't even I would just kind of observe them from afar off. Cool. So we're, we're getting close to our time and I want to talk to you about a couple things real quick. First, mm-hmm. I want to see if you've got anything with the podcast exciting coming up that you want to talk about. Well, I got, got a pretty big deal guess that I'm not. He said yes. So I'm hoping to get him on the <laughs> podcast and he's, um, I mean, I'm just going to throw it out there. Like Chris Doe. Oh, really? So. Okay, you're going to have to help me with this one because I would love to have him on my show too. <laughs> so, um, I'm, we're, we're in the talks right now. So, and I know things happen. I've had tons of people say yes and it didn't happen. Mm-hmm. And I, and one thing I've learned, it's not anything personal. Yeah. It's just, you know, it's just how things go. So that's in the talks and. What I've learned, bro, I'm just what what I got to lose. I just I just ask, man. But most of the times I'm kinda like building up some kind of conversation prior to even asking, depending on who it is. Cool. So when I had um Ian Paget on there, local geek mm-hmm. I'm on my podcast. So He's that, another one I want on my show. So we that um and even that got connected through someone else that I interviewed and it kind of snowballed. He was good friends with someone that I interviewed and Ian had Chris on his podcast and I had Ian on my podcast. So, and you know, to be honest, Chris though, he's pretty popular, but like he's a dude that's always willing to just Mm -hmm. have a conversation with anyone. Mm -hmm. I think that's part of the reason he's so popular. Yes, right. So, and that's even outside of a a podcast or anything like that. Just wanting to, he'll just have a conversation with you and which is cool. So we've been having just nothing related to podcasting or anything like that. Just having conversations for a little while now. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you just don't know if he's always talking to someone. So you don't think he remembers you. Mm -hmm. So found out that he does remember that. I'm the dude that he has conversations with from sure. time to time on Twitter. So, you know, so we'll see how that goes. That's awesome. I, so I, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to think of how I'm going to do the 50 F. Um, I'm a big sports fan. So I'm thinking of how can I make it feel like a sports radio show for the 50 F. Um, I may do it live. I know for sure the hundredth I'm going to do it live. So I'm, I'm really thinking of how can I mix it up for those big milestones. Hmm. 50th. So there's obviously some really big names that I could suggest that I think you should talk to, but one of them who's not a big name, but 
he deserves the conversation if he will have it. Um, I think he's a little scared to do it, but um, Adam Yergel. Okay. Uh, and, and you know Adam from the Slack channel, so. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but the stuff that he's doing, like the illustrations he's done for the Chiefs lately, and then you've got the all the different typefaces that he does that are surrounding this sports branding and all that. Right, right, they're, right, right. They're great, and it's, you know, He's someone who I think definitely deserves more attention than he gets. So. Well, I will put him on my list for sure. Yes. Yeah. So, yes, yeah, so I'm thinking about like making it some kind of hey, I'm not sure yet, but I want to do it a little bit different. Hopefully give some, do some giveaways and stuff like that mm-hmm. for 50th and 100th. So still thinking, how can I just kind of mix it up? I want to do like big milestones. I want to do it live. Of sure. course, releasing it afterwards, but I want to do it live. Sure. That, yeah, live ones are fun. Um, I highly how recommend. You, how much live have you done? I've done. So I've done one live from the Creative South stage mm-hmm. um, with Clark Orr. That was a lot of fun. And then, you know, for the past two years, I've done live at Creative South with just, excuse me, um, chatting to different people out in the hallway and stuff like that. And then uh, went to Weapons of Mass Creation and have done that. And so the ones you're doing at Creative South, they're 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 alive. I didn't even know that. Yeah, they're, well, I mean, I don't put them out live. No, that's but what I, I mean. Put them out live. Yeah, I don't have the money and technology <laughs> for that. Uh, so I'm I trying mean, to figure out. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to try to do it though. I'm gonna. I gotta figure. Yeah, out there how. are ways to do it. I gotta. I, I I would love. We'll off air. We'll pick. We'll pick each other's brains about that. But. Um, but yeah, live in front of an audience, Weapons of Mass Creation. I've done it and at oh, cool. uh, Creative that, South. Of cool. Um and that was a lot of fun. Um it's a very different energy. Um and you and and you have to think about the audience when you're speaking to you. So that's Yes. It's yes. uh yes. it's it's, it's a it's lot challenge. of juggling going on there. So Oh man. But, but it was a lot of fun. So um and then real quickly, you know, we I know you've got another project that you are getting ready to launch. Um, is it right before or right after Thanksgiving? Right around that time. Well, all right. So Or trying it, to it, launch right around that. Well, I'm trying to because right now all right, so let me I have a project. It's a very pers it's a per, very personal project. I'm a faith-driven dude, so I have a song that I wrote about two, two or three years ago, and I kind of sat on it. I had a musician friend of mine. We kind of we were at his house, and I was like, "Just play this song for me." He played it. Um, my mind was blown of how it sounded outside of my head, mm-hmm. and I was, and he was kind of urging me to kind of do something with it. Just don't have it there for yourself. So I, okay, so I was like, "All right." I'm going to put myself out there terrified. Like I, I know how to sing. I love to sing, but I was quite content with being a designer. Sure. So I'm, I'm, I'm terrified, but I'm doing it anyway. So I'm going to record the song and the goal was to get it in out in by November, right before Thanksgiving, right, right now it's becoming challenging because Working with recording studios, I'm learning that this <laughs> can be very challenging um, with negotiations and sure. who has rights to what. And so that's that's what the biggest Just delay. Remember, is like. you need to keep rights to everything. Right. So, and that's what's delaying me right now. The fact that to maintain rights to everything. Um, so uh, we're having a little bit of a discrepancy with that. So. If I can, the same friend of mine, if I can get him to actually play the music, I wouldn't mind giving him the rights to the music because he was a big part of it initially. Mm-hmm. But I don't want to give the recording studio the rights to the music. No, you shouldn't. The- so, so. This isn't yeah, 1950 had, Sun Records. Yeah, we, 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 <laughs> had, we had a meeting um, this past, actually yesterday, which was. Yeah, so, I mean. They're great people to work with. I want to work with them, but I'm just, 
I'm I, as I said, I'm trying to own as much. But you hired them everything. to do a job, yeah, not to I, own your I, music. I, I, I'm trying to own as much of everything as I possibly can, and sure. I'm not willing to give up the rights to them. At yeah. least, I, if I nor, give it to nor this, should you. But if I give it to this dude, I know that this is someone that deserves it. He's a he's been a part of what I've been trying to do. He's been a support system, and he's he's my wife's cousin. So it, yeah. you know, he's in the family. family. So, yeah, yeah. So. You know, so that's kind of slowing the pace down. But yes, it's a song that I've created. Um, it's um, GiveAllGlory.com, and it's all surrounding just how good God has been to me. It's 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 just that simple. How good is how good God has been to me, and I just want to share that. That's all it is. It's it's really just that simple. So I have stuff for pre-order and. Um, sure. You yeah, know. you've got some T-shirts and stickers and things up there that will yeah. help support getting the song published and making sure that you do retain the rights, all that good stuff. Right. So yeah. So um, it's a very personal project, as I said, and it's mm-hmm. just something that it's not. I don't know where it's gonna go after this. Um, it's just one of those things where you say, you know what, I, I want to conquer regret. Sure. You you felt called to put it out in the world. Right. After and after some gentle that. nudging from friends. Yeah, yes, yes. Because you know, you, you 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 there are things that you do behind the scenes. Like we all do these things behind the scenes and you know, we do them well, but you know, to, to kind of put it out there in the world. I'm quite content with putting a logo out there. I'm quite content with putting a design out there because like I'm comfortable with that. You're not but, necessarily burying your soul. Yeah, so you know, so but the singing part now, you know, it's just it's a little bit nerve wracking. But I'm 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 facing it, which is good for good. Yeah. Uh, facing this fear or whatever you may call it, and I don't want to say 10, 15 years down the line. I wish I had done it. If it doesn't work, it doesn't work. But I want to say at least I tried. I, you know what? I think that's a uh, I think that's a great way to wrap it up. So, um, where where can people uh, find you online? Well, my tag for everything is DP Creates. Um, for my website, dpcreates.com, Instagram, Twitter. Um, I'm always, you can always, as I would say, you can always slide in my DM and give me a shout. And I'm always down for a conversation, always, you know. But yeah, dpcreates.com. Sure. Is, um, oh, and, and, and the podcast is Passion Behind the Arts, and you can find that on Twitter and Yes. Obviously, you can listen to it on iTunes and right. It's I'm it's sure on other iTunes. places as well. Yeah. So yeah. So passionbehindtheart.com, and you'll find everything possibly about the podcast and who I've interviewed. And yeah. Awesome. Well, I I highly recommend people go out and listen to it. Um, it's a it's a great show, and I'm looking forward to uh, hearing more interviews that you do. Yes, I'm working on getting ready for t- um, this Tuesday's launch. Alicia's going to be on there. Oh, awesome. I love Alicia. So, yes. Alicia, for, for those who don't know, we're speaking about Alicia Cologne. Yes. Yes. So that's she, with Focus Labs. Yes. So, yeah. She's, so, she's, she's coming out person. soon. She's coming out this week. So, um, that was a great conversation. So, yeah. Well, so, tell her I said hello. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, um, as I said, dude, thank you for having me on. Um. This is, you know, pretty cool. Well, thank you. I, I owed you one, and uh, it was uh, great finding out more um, about you. And Go out and hug some necks. <laughs> yes, I have to. I have to. Um, now, um, Mike is uh, in, in great that in me, so, yes, I have to. Awesome. Thanks, Gerald. <laughs> All right. All right, Jason. Thanks again. You can find out more about Daryl on Twitter at DP Creates, and be sure to check out the links in the show notes for more ways to keep up with him. You can keep up with the podcast on Twitter and Facebook at Creative SO Pod, and follow Creative South on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Creative South GA over at CreativeSouth.com. And I'm at Jay Frostholm on Dribble, Twitter, and Instagram. 
Visit jackprince.com and get 20% off orders over $25 when you use promo code CREATESOUTH17 at checkout. For a limited time, new Skillshare customers can get their first three months for just 99 cents to get unlimited access to thousands of classes when you sign up at Skillshare.com using promo code CREATIVESOUTH. What are you waiting for? Start learning today. And remember, if you like the show, help support us over at patreon.com slash creativesouth. And if you like the Creative South podcast, head over to iTunes, Stitcher, or Google Play Music. Rate us and leave a review. This helps more people find the podcast and allows us to keep getting awesome guests. Now go out and hug some necks. Hey, hey, hey.